Well, good morning, everybody. I said good morning, everybody. I'm glad you're awake, ready to hear something from the Lord. The book of Hebrews, chapter number 11, as we continue our thoughts in this great, great chapter this morning. We started last week talking about Abraham, the marvelous call that God gave him. Uh, think about that. This moon-worshiping pagan down in the Ur of the Chaldees, God spoke to his heart and by faith, by faith, he believed God. And by faith, he obeyed God. Immediately when God called him, he began to pack up and move out, believing in the promises of God. And isn't that the way we got saved? By faith. It happened in an instant. I used to sing a song, Just like sparks from smitten steel, just so quick salvation reached me. And bless God, I know it's real. It happens in a sudden, in, a, in an instant. Uh, salvation as we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And then as he follows the Lord's leading and God said, you just come on and follow me and I'll give you a city whose builder and maker is God. The Bible says he sojourned in a land by faith, believing the promises of God. One of those promises was, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you seed as the stars of the heaven, as the sand of the sea. I'm going to make you the father of many nations, a multitude uh, that cannot be numbered. God said, I'm going to bless you, Abraham, in that way. But can you imagine? One decade passes, and another decade passes, and another decade passes, and no child of promise. And yet Abraham Believe God. Somehow, some way, a miracle of God. And when he was a hundred years old and Sarah was 90, guess what happened? God fulfilled his promise. Amen? And when it seemed impossible, and sometimes it seems impossible, but God always comes through and fulfills his promise. But this morning I want to talk about Abraham's greatest trial of faith. Look in verse number 17 of chapter 11. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And then look at verse 19. Accounting, believing, trusting, having faith in, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence also he received him in a figure. 
What a call. What a command. And I want us to look at that this morning. And to do that, we really need to go back to the book of Genesis, chapter number 22. If you go there in your Bible, let's read the story the way that it happened. Genesis chapter number 22. And we'll begin reading uh, in verse number 1. And it came to pass after these things. And you'll have to go back and read the chapter before to see what those things were. That's not part of our message this morning. But after these things, that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham? And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering. He rose up and went into the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together. They came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. 
And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemy. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. What a thrilling story. What a marvelous, what a marvelous uh, step of faith this Abraham took that day. Can you imagine the magnitude of this command? The magnitude of it. Here was Isaac, the son of promise. Yes, there was Ishmael, born of Hagar, but he was not of the promised seed. There had been no promised seed. All of these years, Abraham had believed that God was going to give he and Sarah uh, a son, and God was going to bless that son and have seed for uh, as the stars of the sky and Abraham believed that and had followed God and had walked with God and had trusted God and finally in his old age in an impossible act of God Sarah conceived and that son was born many believe that about this time in Isaac's life he was 33 years old. I don't know that that's true, but I know he was a young man. I know he was able to carry the wood and climb that mountain. Uh, and I know he was of some age. And Abraham was commanded of God to take that son and offer him for a burnt offering. Can you imagine such a command? My mind rejects that. I have a son. Uh, he's the light of my life. Uh, I look forward to the days that he comes and spends with me. And uh, I look forward to the, uh, the ring of the telephone uh, several times a week as he calls. Uh, and most of his questions are asking about you all. Uh, how was church today? How many did you have? Who wasn't there? Uh, he likes all of the details. Uh, and it's a joy to his dad's heart to hear his voice. I can't imagine what must have went through Abraham's mind. And God said, I want you to take that son. And notice the words. Abraham, take 
thy son. And just so there wasn't any mistake in Abraham's mind, God said, thine only son. In God's mind, there was only one, that child of promise. Take thy son, thy only son, and just to make it absolutely, positively clear, he called him by name, Isaac, take your son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. I suppose if there's anybody that makes a bigger fool out of themselves over little children than mom and dad, it's grandma and grandpa. I was talking with Danny Reeves yesterday on the phone, uh, the pastor that founded this church, and uh, he was talking about his grandkids. Uh, he's proud of his grandkids, loved his grandkids. And if there's anybody that makes a bigger fool over little babies than mom and dad, it's grandma and grandpa. And Abraham and Sarah are old enough to be grandma and grandpa. And God said, I know you love this boy. He's the child of promise. He's that long-awaited one. He's that one you were looking for all of those years. I know you love that boy, but Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and offer him as a burnt offering unto me. Can you imagine such a thing? I wonder what went through Abraham's mind. Can you picture it? Can you get your arms around it? God said, this is what I want you to do. The Bible pulls a veil over it and doesn't give us all of the details did he talk to Sarah about this? I doubt it. I doubt it. How can you tell a mother you're going to offer her son of promise on an altar to God? Can you imagine what that night must have been for Abraham. How many of you have ever had a sleepless night? Overwhelmed with life. Overwhelmed with doubt. Overwhelmed with heartbreak. I would imagine Abraham had a sleepless night. But the Bible says he rose up early in the morning. Just like he did when God called him years and years and years before. The Bible says by faith. 
Abraham heard that call of God that he was going to lead him out and he wanted him to go to a country where he had never been. And God made him a promise. I'm going to lead you to a, to a city whose builder and maker is God. And the Bible says he, he obeyed, instantly obeyed God. He just started packing up and walking with God. And for all of these years, he had been walking with God. But now all of a sudden, he's faced with this command, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and offer him as a burnt offering to me. But he got up early. called two of his young men and his son and gathered the wood for the fire put it on the beast of burden and they began their journey to that place that God would show him. It was a three-day journey. I've often wondered when I've read this story, what they might have talked about along the way. I know when we'd take a journey with the kids, we'd talk about all kinds of things. Most of the time, trying to answer the question, are we there yet? <laughs> I wonder if Isaac asked that question, Dad, are we there yet? I'm tired of this desert. I'm tired of this heat. Are we there yet? wonder what they talked about at night around the campfire. Maybe Abraham rehearsed some of those experiences he and Isaac had shared together as father and son. Laughing and talking remembering I don't know I'm just speaking from a human perspective I know when we get together when I get together with Kurt one of his things he loves to do is go through old pictures and when he goes through all of those old pictures he talks about all of those things of the past and we relive them all over again maybe that's what happened with Abraham and Isaac on that journey. Three long days they travel till they come to the place. Abraham takes the wood and he lays it upon Isaac's back. And then he gets the fire and the knife. And he tells his young men that are traveling with him, you stay here. Watch over the animals. Isaac and I are going yonder to worship. Listen to his faith. And we'll come again to you. He was still trusting God. He was still believing God. 
he was still hanging on to the promises of God. God, I don't understand it, but I believe that somehow, some way, it's all going to work out. We're going yonder to worship, but we're going to come back again to you. The story said, the two of them together started up the hill. And Isaac said, Dad, it's my transliteration now. We read the story. This is my transliteration of it. Dad, I got the wood. You got the fire. But where's the lamb for the offering? He didn't understand. He didn't know what God had said. He was trusting his dad, just like Abraham was trusting his father. In Abraham's declaration of faith in verse number 8, My son, God will provide himself a lamb. What a picture. That is, amen? amen? John the Baptist would point his bony finger as, as he parted the cattails down on the Jordan River and say, Behold the Lamb of God that will take away the sin of the world as Jesus walked up. Abraham, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. I imagine every step of the journey was a battle in Abraham's heart. God, I don't understand this. God, this is my child of promise. He's the seed for the many nations you promised me. God, how can it be if I offer Him? How can you fulfill your promise? God, I don't understand. But I'm trusting you. I'm believing in you. My faith is in you. As they make their journey up Mount Moriah. You ever struggle with doubt? Amen. You ever struggle with those things that come into our life we don't understand? The reverses of life? I remember a point in my life I'd been greatly prospered of the Lord. A marvelous investment that had paid great dividends. And I thought, I thought there wasn't anything I couldn't do because God was so blessing me financially in such a marvelous way. Uh, I, I just, 
I began to believe I could do it. Until I got that telephone call that the entire investment, $350,000 gone in an instant. Plunged in despair. I thought my world had crumbled. You ever been in a place like that? May not been financially. Maybe it was with a wayward child. Maybe it was some addiction that had just ripped your life apart. Maybe it was a broken marriage. I don't know what it is, but you came to a place where you were overwhelmed with life and you didn't understand what had happened and why it happened and all you wanted to do was cry out to God, Why? Ever been there? Can't help but believe that's what's going on in Abraham's heart. I can't help but believe that the tears were running down his face every step of the way. Oh God, how can I do this? I will, but how? My son, the light of my life, I don't know how you're going to do it, God, but I believe it. I believe it's all going to be okay. The Bible says they arrived at the top of the hill. Abraham built that altar, probably with shaking hands. He laid those stones in order. Put the wood in order. Bound his son. Picked him up. Laid him on that altar. Unsheaths the knife. Lifts it up. And just before he plunged it into his son, the angel of God said, Abraham, don't hurt that boy. And he heard the rustle in the bushes. And sure enough, there was a ram caught by his horn so that he was a sacrificial lamb without without any blemish, without any scars. And he took that lamb and offered it as a burnt offering. Can you imagine his prayer? As the smoke ascended, he would fall on his knees and say, Oh God, I didn't know how you were going to do it. But I knew somehow, some way, it would all work out. Even if I'd taken my boy's life, God, 
I believed you were going to raise him from the dead. That's what Hebrews tells us. He believed that God would raise him from the dead if he took his life because this was a child of promise. This was the promise of God and God never fails. If we could back up and get high above that mountain and look down and see Abraham coming up this side with tears running down his face and a heart crying out to God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I believe you're going to do it. I'm trusting you. I'm believing in you. And all the time he struggles up that mountain, coming up the other side of the mountain, we see God bringing a thorn-crowned lamb. Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. That's what that word means. God will provide. And sure enough, he provided a lamb. I thought about three things when I read this story. The first thought I had was if you give God anything, He won't ever forget it. The Bible tells us Abraham was called the friend of God. The Bible tells us that Abraham was the father of the faithful. The Bible tells us that Abraham and God, they were like always together. He's that star that shines in all of our lives that says you can believe God, you can trust God, you can have faith in God. He always comes through. God never forgot it. We're still talking about it today. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later, we're still talking about Abraham and his faith because God never forgets if you give Him anything. I saw something else in this story. If you give God anything, He'll always give it back to you. Only when you get it back, it'll be sweeter than it was when you gave it to Him. Think about it. You think the fellowship between Abraham and Isaac was sweet on the way to the mountain? If you think the fellowship between them was sweet on the way up the mountain, what do you think it was like? on the way back down the mountain. It was sweeter than it was going up. 
Abraham wasn't crying out to God, Oh God, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to do it. I know you're going to do it. And with tears running down his face, he was offering his son to God. But coming back down the mountain, God had did it. Victory had been won. He and his son were moving on. God's promise was true. Yeah. Give God anything. He'll give it back to you. And when you get it back, it'll be sweeter than it was when you gave it. I remember my call of God. I was involved in the retail grocery business working for a large company, was moving up through the company, setting up new stores all over the state. I was dreaming of the day when I would become a supervisor over the whole region of Indiana. That was my thoughts and that was, that was my goals and that was my plans. And God invaded my world one summer night. said, I want you to give me your life. I want you to go off to Bible school and prepare for full-time ministry. You know my only comprehension of full-time ministry, having grown up in a little country church, was the struggle that our pastor went through. We had a super strong board-run church. Their thought was, the, well, we hired the pastor. His job is to preach. Our job is to run everything else. And they had him on starvation wages. Looking back, I don't know how they made it financially. Except God was with them and God took care of them. My thought was when God called me to preach, you know what my thought was? I'm going to live a life of poverty and privation. Because that's the way my preacher lived. All of my aspirations of being involved in a big organization seeing it grow and prosper. I thought we're all behind me. But you know what? It's never been like that. God has wonderfully blessed me. Gave me a, a church that wonderfully, over and above, took care of me. Prospered me in so many ways. I remember when I was elected to a national office with our fellowship, became the treasurer, responsible. Uh, we had a $50 million a year cash flow in that organization that I was overseeing. Never dreamed that I would have opportunity to do something like that. What am I saying? When you surrender something to God, he always gives it back to you.
And when you get it back, it'll be sweeter than it was when you gave it. Amen. Folk, you can believe God. You can trust God. You can have faith and God will come through. Give Him anything, He'll never forget it. You give Him anything, He'll give it back to you. He promises that if you give, He'll give unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It'll be sweeter than it was when you gave it. And I had one other thought. If you give God anything, give Him the best that you've got. Be willing to offer up your Isaac. Whatever that is in your life, whatever that is, whatever it is, be willing to give it to God. I gave him my job. After that summer night, the next day I went in and gave my resignation to my boss. Believe in God. Believing the call of God. You know what? God's given me so much more since then. And you know what? Since those days, that company that I worked for, that was the third largest grocery retailer in the nation, went out of business. God, not out of business. I've been walking with Him and serving Him, and He's been blessing me all these years. Give Him the best. Offer up your Isaac. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, why don't you give Him your best? Give Him your heart. Give Him your soul this morning. Trust God. What are you trusting in? Trusting in your good works? Well, take a look at your life. How did that work out for you? Not too good, right? Trusting, trusting in your Money, don't count on that, man. It can disappear overnight. Trusting in your good looks? Well, I got news for you. What are you trusting in? Put your faith in God. He never fails. He'll come through every time. Accept Him as your Lord. Accept Him as your Savior. How about it, Christian? Can you trust God with who you are and what He wants you to do? Step out by faith and believe God and walk with Him and just uh, experience one of the greatest experiences of your life. Abraham never forgot that experience of how God came through. And when you walk with God, every day is an exciting day just to see what God is going to do. Give Him anything, He won't ever forget it. Give Him anything and 
He'll give it back to you. But when you get it back, it'll be sweeter than it was when you gave it. So if you're going to give him anything, give him your best. Give him your heart. Give him your life. Give him your trust. Give him your service. Give him all that you are. Because you're on your way to a better place where he says it's unbelievable. For eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what he's prepared for us. Hallelujah. To the God who keeps his promises. Let's bow together in prayer. Father, we're so grateful this morning for your word. The magnitude of that command to offer his son. But the marvelous demonstration of faith. Lord, would you give us that kind of faith today? For that one that's here without Christ, give them that faith to believe that God can save their soul in spite of what they've done, in spite of who they are, in spite of how dirty they might be. God, you can save them. You can make them as white as snow. You can forgive all of those sins. For that child of yours that's struggling trying to hold on to this world and the things of this world and the ambitions of this world, God, if they'll just put their full faith and trust in you and walk with you and commit it all to you, God, you will bless them beyond their wildest measure. Give us that kind of faith, I pray. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, I wonder how many of you could lift your hand and say, Preacher, I know I'm on my way to heaven. I've trusted Jesus Christ. I've given him my heart, and I'm on my way to heaven. Would you put your hand up all over the building, all over the building, all over the building? Wonderful. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. You may put your hands down. You couldn't lift your hand. Right now, you'd lift your hand and say, Preacher, I've never put my faith and trust in God like you're talking about. Pray for me. God bless you, young man. God bless you. God bless you. Are there others? Just put your hand up. Preacher, pray for me. Talk to God about me this morning. Pray for me. Are there others anywhere? I wonder if there are Christians here and you'd say, Preacher, life has overwhelmed me in a whole lot of areas. I need faith. I need trust. I need to believe in God. I don't want to give up. I want, God to, I want God to show himself real in my life. And so I'm just going to believe. I'm just going to trust. I'm just going to follow him. No matter what, I'm not going to quit. Preacher, pray for me. Are there Christians like that? You'd put your hand up. God bless you and you and you and you. God bless you. Would you stand quietly to your feet, Father? You've seen hands. You know hearts. And as you work your way through this auditorium and you're touching lives this morning, God, would you draw them to the Savior, I pray. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, if you raised your hand, if you meant business with God, 
If God really spoke to you, right now, right now, right now, just step out and come and find a place at this altar and meet with God this morning. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Come on. That's right. Right now. Right now. Don't wait. Right now. Here I am, God, and here I come. How about it, Christian? You got some things you need to surrender to God? You got some things you need to lay on the altar today? That's right. Right now. Right now. Come on. Right now. Right now. Brother Larry's going to begin to sing as he sings. Come and find your place this morning at the altar of God.